This week on Business Brief, we'll look at the shortage of certified nursing assistants in healthcare facilities. Then we'll check on new advertising regulations for Missouri's marijuana industry. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alerts podcast focused on business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Braden Wade, and I'm joined by my co-host, Katie Quinn. Katie, how are you doing this week? I'm good. I spent time with family over the holiday weekend, and I had some fun with sparklers. What about you, Braden? I'm doing pretty well. It was nice seeing the fireworks and eating some food with friends on the 4th. All right. I think it's about time we get into headlines, don't you think? I agree. Let's get into it. The state of Missouri's budget is set for the 2024 fiscal year. Governor Mike Parson approved a nearly $52 billion spending plan just hours before the new fiscal year started Saturday. Despite a record state revenue surplus, Parson vetoed over $550 million in spending, largely targeting earmarked spending with his cuts. A Louisiana judge filed an injunction this week restricting the federal government's ability to fight misinformation on social media. The order prohibits certain government officials from contacting, meeting with, or otherwise trying to suppress content containing protected free speech on social platforms. The ruling comes in a lawsuit filed last year by former Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Schmidt, who is now a Republican U.S. Senator from Missouri, called the judge's decision a blow to censorship. Missouri is beginning Medicaid disenrollment this month after a three-year freeze. The federal government issued emergency protections that kept states from removing low-income people and families from the government-funded health insurance during the coronavirus pandemic. But the Missouri Department of Social Services will begin redetermining eligibility this month. Incorrect or missing paperwork or an increase in income could cause Medicaid users to lose their coverage. The University of Missouri system says it will eliminate race as a consideration for millions of dollars in scholarships. The statewide university system announced the move following the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling last week on affirmative action in college admissions. The U.M. system already does not weigh race and admission decisions. The system's flagship campus in Columbia said it will honor scholarships that have already been awarded for the upcoming fall. The rooted program from St. Louis Nonprofit Investment, STL, is distributing $20,000 apiece to 50 black families in North St. Louis. The funding can be used to make house repairs, purchase real estate, start or grow a business, or invest. The program stems from concerns about displacement, a common fear in the region's black neighborhoods. The program is granting $1 million in total, which comes from a Wells Fargo donation. Okay, Katie, what's our next story? So, the Missouri Hospital Association recently released its 2023 workforce report. The report reveals there's a major certified nursing assistant shortage across the state. I spoke to multiple sources about the high vacancy rate and possible solutions. And what do certified nursing assistants do? Certified nursing assistants, or CNAs, do basically everything that deals with a person's daily life activities. So, for example, a CNA is in charge of helping someone get a drink of water or feeding them a meal. CNAs sound like they're vital to the healthcare industry. They definitely are. Here's that story. Getting dressed, brushing your teeth, eating breakfast. These are all daily life activities that certified nursing assistants, or CNAs, help people with. CNAs are everywhere in the health industry, from hospitals to hospice. The Missouri Hospital Association's latest workforce report outlines the CNA shortage happening across the state. Post-pandemic numbers show vacancy rates are high at 16 percent. 
Corinne Ganschnitz has been a CNA for 38 years. She's seen people come and go from the field for a variety of reasons. Ganschnitz says it's difficult to be a CNA due to low pay, lack of respect, and the constant death of patients. It's, it's been very mentally and physically exhausting on all of us. It's been very traumatic. Um, you know, we're told not get close to our residents and pi- patients and clients that we take care of. But that's hard when you're involved in their everyday lives. But Ganchinitz stays because of her love of people. Along with hospitals, staffing nursing homes is a cause for concern. The large baby boomer generation is aging, creating an influx of residents. Census Bureau data shows that the 65 and over age group has grown by over a third since 2010. More employees will be needed in the healthcare profession to keep up with demand. Ganchinitz says CNAs are essential for bedside care. But without us, I am really afraid there won't be that care that is needed for our elders to survive in this world. They're going to be forgotten without us. Lori Porter is the CEO of National Association of Healthcare Assistants, which is based in southern Missouri. Porter is a former CNA who co-founded the organization in 1995 to advocate for better working conditions. Porter says that the recognition of CNAs is vital to retaining people in healthcare. That's been the biggest problem I've seen throughout my career is that people want to treat these incredible humans as workers, tasks, and no one wants their grandma treated like a task. Training options do exist, but there needs to be additional effort. Joy Mello teaches CNA classes at Ozarks Technical Community College. To become a CNA, a person must do 75 hours of classwork, 100 hours of on-the-job training, and a final exam. The amount and type of CNA training varies by state. Prior to the pandemic, CNAs in Springfield were making around minimum wage. But Mello says the gap in the workforce has led to higher pay. Traveling CNAs go to various regions on a contract to work for a facility or in a person's home, and often they make more money. So we've seen the pay increase from minimum wage to uh, $15, $16 an hour. And in some of the travel agencies, I've had some CNAs that take a traveling contract. They're making $27 to $37 an hour. The vacancy is slowly getting back to pre-pandemic levels, although, according to Corinne Ganchinitz, there have never been enough CNAs. She wants to remind people just how essential they are. We are the backbone to uh, long-term care, assistant living, home health, home care, hospice. We do everything that most people do not care to do. Recruitment has become an important way of bringing new talent into the industry. Cox Health, a major hospital in Springfield, is recruiting through a paid CNA apprenticeship program. Students are hired by Cox Health and are paid to go through Mello's class and subsequent clinical training. They are required to work for Cox Health for one year after completing the educational portion. The hospitals are offering um, bonuses for they're not only them to sign a contract, but to move forward in their education. It's a possible solution to filling the gap in the CNA workforce. 
Mello says that since the pandemic started, pay and other benefits have increased in the Springfield area. This has brought back interest to the field. For more information, check out the full story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. So, I just spoke with Miles Sansing, head of operations at Hemp Hemp Hooray. Hemp Hemp Hooray, great name. What do they do? Hemp Hemp Hooray is a store in downtown Columbia that sells CBD products alongside Delta 8, Delta 9, THCA, and THCO. Okay, and what did you talk to Sansing about? Well, after the legalization of recreational marijuana in Missouri, the state health department updated regulations regarding cannabis advertising. These new rules affect marijuana distributors, retailers, manufacturers, and dispensaries. How does the law impact local businesses? Well, that's what I wanted to learn from Sansing. Here's that story. So how has your business gone about marketing itself to comply within the restrictions? So with um, Hemp and Bray, like we try to do uh, everything we can to not, like the biggest one is like not making health claims. Like promoting a product in this industry is tough, even if they're, with even just that, like to be able to go out and advertise a product is extremely difficult, whether that's in traditional advertising or not. Even before Amendment 3, it was virtually impossible to do traditional advertising. For us, it's it's trying to stick to like the lifestyle side of things, of not just putting products in people's faces. Life, lifestyle branding is definitely like what we try to focus on. That way it does fall into like not even murky waters when it comes to like Amendment 3 or any kind of advertising regulation. Have you all tested these regulations with your marketing? We've tested the waters. Like we'll go out and we'll still put a THC product up there and we've tried to like better to ask for forgiveness kind of thing. Like, hey, is this allowed? Because it's like a lot of those, especially on the social media side, those platforms are very vague. They don't give me a black and white list of rules on like, hey, this is allowed, this isn't. You end up finding out what's not allowed because two hours later you just get a notification that your post was taken down. You kind of just have to learn the hard way a lot of times with a lot of our stuff because a lot of regulations around it is so gray where you read an amendment or you read like a a segment of something and you're like I don't really know what they're telling me I'm allowed to do or not and that's marketing in general a lot of times that's what you're doing you're just throwing stuff at the wall and you're seeing if it sticks to quantify it do you all have a budget set aside and also how do you deal with when your posts are taken down and you have to go back to the drawing board yeah uh I think I've now been here for like three years a lot of it's like you're always in that mindset especially when you know you've created something that might be pushing that bounds of like this is a new product i want to promote it i want consumers to know we carry this or have this option for them is it going to last an hour is it going to last two days like how long is this going to last but it's you always end up with like an arsenal of like this is probably this could potentially get taken down and we have to have a backup plan for like when it does in another post and maybe we've had too many things get taken down recently and now we have to like pull back what platforms have you been using to promote your business organically because I can't put um, advertising dollars into it. Like that's what my background was in before I came here was I have an ad budget to put into Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, all those kind of things. Here's my dollar amount I'm allowed to spend per month. Throw it into those platforms and get eyeballs on your stuff. Like we're still using all the social media platforms we can. It's just no advertising money going into it. And then it's like, this is like the weird thing is nowadays, like in marketing, it's usually pretty frowned upon to spend much of your ad money at this point, like in traditional media, like a commercial or radio, like those are kind of expensive for what you get. Um, And we've kind of had to go use those traditional ones. So it's in my, like so far three years into this, like traditional is winning and not just because, not because it's more effective. It's just the only ones allowing me to do it. 
So that's what we've attempted, and hopefully it somewhat changes. Like, as now more states have become recreational legal, like, it, will things loosen up on the social media side? Like, I, I don't know if I'll ever necessarily be able to run a paid ad for smokable product, but could I run a paid ad for, like, a CBD gummy that is non-toxic, non-intoxicating? Like, I would hope we get to that point. Is there anything else you wish to change or wish to see on top of the rule book? What would you want? The marketing side, the, the running a business side, like that, that's it. Like I want an easier to understand, like I, I want to, this is what you're allowed to do for dummies book. Like don't, don't make it to where I'm reading what the lawyers had to like talk about, like kind of, for lack of a better term, dumb it down for us so that we know, I don't want to break the rules. I want to, but I want to be able to do as much as I possibly can without feeling the fear of like, did I do something wrong yesterday that I'm gonna get in trouble for? Um, on just a everything else standpoint, like I mentioned, like I think our product, our packaged goods should be, even though we're not FDA regulated, like make it to where if the FDA did decide to step in, it's not a disaster like of a looking, like make it to where you're kind of appeasing to what they would expect from a packaged good even if they're not necessarily regulating it currently. So that when they do, like all these companies, like you're ready to go. You're not throwing away 10,000 SKUs of a product going like, ah, oh, I shouldn't have printed that many bags. Now I have to completely redo it. For more information, check out the full story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com. All right, Katie, are you ready for the word of the week? Yes, tell me, what's your word? My word is a pretty big deal. It's delivery giant. And why is it such a big deal? Well, the delivery giant UPS is at odds with the Teamsters Union. The union represents roughly 340,000 full and part-time drivers, loaders, and package handlers. The Teamsters are negotiating a new contract with UPS, and the union says UPS made an unacceptable offer and didn't address workers' needs. So what happens if the two sides don't reach a deal? Well, the workers' current contract expires at the end of this month. If they don't have a new deal by then, workers have authorized a work stoppage. It will be the largest U.S. labor strike since the 1950s. Wow. What's your word of the week, Katie? Okay, Brayden, my word of the week is swift. So you should speak now. Yes, I see what you're doing. Someone must be excited for the new album because I know I am. My word is, of course, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift? Yes. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is coming to Kansas City. Fortune reports the average concert goer is spending $1,300 between tickets, travel, and clothing. The cities Swift is performing at are seeing a huge economic boost. For a closing thought, here's Joy Mello talking about why CNAs should stay in the field. There are hard days, but there are so many rewarding days. And it's not just the reward of the pat on the back from your employer. It's that making a difference for our elderly population or for someone who may, might be bed bound. You never know whose day you make. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for the music for this episode. For my co-host, Brayden Wade, I'm Katie Quinn, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.